It's a duel in the desert, and the SOC is back to get you fired up. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Ryan Campbell. It's an all-box edition. Step three, open the box, and we got a big show for you this week. Getting you all kinds of fired up, like I mentioned, for the Andy Ruiz Jr., Anthony Joshua heavyweight title rematch going down in Saudi this Saturday. We'll also see on Showtime the return of WBC middleweight champion Jermall Charlo and Lions only brother Jermall stopping by the show today to talk about his matchup with Dennis Hogan. Yeah, you know I'm the best. Yeah. Thank you, twin brother Jermell. Uh, fired up as always, the Brian Campbell, of course, the voice that you hear. The uh, the syringe runneth over, folks. All right, ready for injection with another dose of that performance-enhancing audio. The SOC pod, red hot at the moment. I know we're filling up your inbox and your in-hole, maybe even. So, so many shows, so many bonus interviews, so much to look forward to. And you know we had to set the stage for what could be another epic clash in this red-hot renaissance heavyweight division. So if you love the work we put in and the dedication we show to the craft, please pay it forward with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download fine audio. All right, with that out of the way, let me extend one of my limbs to my best friend in box. Would you like to shake my hand? I'd love to shake your hand. You'd love to. It's a tug and war of kindness when this man comes around. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a features writer in boxing on theathletic.com. Maybe even has a Cyber Monday deal for you, for all I know. He's Rafe Bugs. It's Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick you up. Go to class Rafe Boogs live and direct from the Motor City. How the heck is it? Are you under a foot of snow like I am in CT right now, brother? Nah, Brian, you don't know. We we sent all of our bad juju over in your direction. Wow. And the great thing was when it came through the Midwest, at least my part of the Midwest, it, it we had nah, – I wouldn't say nice weather, but – Warm enough weather that the 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 rain didn't freeze over, so I, I got I got a little wet, you know. But you know me, I'm I'm sh- I'm slick, I'm shifty. I can stand in the rain and not get wet. I thought you were gonna say and we've been doing. So I, I I didn't have to shovel no snow. I I sent all of my bad vibes to you. I thought you were gonna enjoy say, it. Uh, we've been doing snowing since the beginning, and uh, but no, you get a nice little break here. Great to hear, Rafe. Uh, more importantly, though. So F your life, F your football, F your feelings, Rafe. I want to know your hype level for what is a potentially historic heavyweight rematch going on down there in the damn dunes. In fact, Rafe, let's not forget, we thought coming in, Mr. Andy Ruiz Jr. In my opinion, he's a sacrificial lamb. Thank you, Richard Dwyer, for that. But afterwards, you know what we found out, Rafe? 
He won the world title being a fat guy. What's wrong with that? I mean, I... Can it happen a second time? What's your hype level right now for this piece of business on Saturday in the zone? Well, Brian, the fat fellas can fight, you know. Oh, wait. Was he a great big fat person? (laughs) Yeah, look. My cousin, Nathan Gorman, he can fight. My other cousin, Tyson Fury, he can really fight. He's not fat anymore, but he, once upon a time, he was about as fat as a heavyweight ever got. And Andy Ruiz, that's a guy who's packed packed on pounds. I don't even know if I believe this slimmed down narrative that has come about with Andy Ruiz. I saw the pictures where he looked slim. Then I watched these Dank City videos, which I'm sure we will talk about. Uh. We will discuss when we break this down. I want a full Dank breakdown of Dank City and all the Dank you've smoked, Brian. Um, And... He ain't looking that slim. He was sitting off with his shirt off. Maybe I just forgot how big Andy was because he is not looking svelte by any means. And that's fine because like like Freddie Roach said, he he doesn't need he, – he won the fight being living in that big old sack of skin that he is, and he's comfortable in that. <laughs> Rafe, Good for I him. Didn't... Yeah, I'm hyped. Ah, you're damn right I'm oh, hyped. I was going to say, I didn't ask you to break down the entire man. I just wanted to know your hype level because, Rafe – when I look at it, it's like Stevenson. I look at the entire man, Brian. That's what I do. You know, there's certain ways you can look at men. I think Stevenson is someone you need to look at. Hard. Exactly. That's what I do, Rafe, when I look at all six foot six of that tall drink of water Anthony Joshua's what like six seven, six eight, yeah. and he's muscular and he's, he's built like a looks like a freaking goddess, you know. Well, they said Oscar was a freak, you know. <laughs> yeah, Rafe, I'm fired up. I'm at about a 10-point point. point uh, uh, remember, what What would a black sheep used to say? 9.5-er? Mr. Long? That's where I'm at, Rafe. All right? Well, do I have to bring in Jake Hager for you one more time to really get you to understand what I'm feeling right now? You know what? I'm rock hard right now with emotion. I got a phoner. Uh, Hager told us on this pod that a phoner Rafe is a fight boner. Just so you've you know. told me that before, Brian. Yes. I know. I I know damn well what a phoner is. I actually, you, you know, you made me get a little bit wistful that and, and and kick myself that I didn't look up a little bit of sound from ESPN's broadcast Saturday night. It was in the mid to late rounds of Carl Frampton versus Tyler McCreary. The great Mark Kriegel, the journalist, comes on. The father-son journalist comes on. And he says something to the effect of McCreary's got nine inches of length on him. Oh, wow. I will look this up. This happened. He's standing in front of the net with about eight inches of his shaft in his hand. All right. All right. Well, it's that kind of show this week, Rafe. All right. Where else where else are you going to find that kind of show, Rafe? What other... Because they had a full package. Where are they going to get that full package today? Who puts their balls on the line? We do. Over and over again, Rafe. All right. We're going to get into all that jam, all that good stuff. But let's get a snapshot on your personal life, Rafe. How you doing, bro? How's That's what everyone listens to this for. The person, look, I'm doing all right. I'm trying to keep the liquid crack intake to a manageable amount. Not trying to hit the pocketbooks too hard. Well, what's feeling your, pretty what is good? Your, um, bridge to do that. What's your uh, equivalent of nicotine gum? Is it seltzer, Rafe? You a big seltzer guy? 
Every time I see you, you got seltzer in your hand. Read it and weep, Brian. Yes, I am a big seltzer guy, but let me tell you, there is no effective nicotine gum for the liquid crack, at least the diet liquid crack. What about Izzy? Izzy's pretty badass. You ever drink Izzy, bro? That's that weird bougie seltzer? Yeah, I like, no, yeah, but it's, 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 uh, like natural soda, whatever that means, right? Natural crack. Look, my bottles of, and cans of, of Costco soda, I mean, this, I, this is Trader Joe's, so this is the hot, this is that good stuff. This is bougie too. But, did you shop my, at when a I get the Costco sodas up? and the Kroger sodas, not soda, when I, when I say sodas, I mean seltzers here, all right? Cause the only, the, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Diet Coke and Coke Zero fiend. That is the soda, that's the liquid crack. When I say soda, I mean, I don't get in all Midwestern popped out here. I don't yeah. even know what I'm talking about anymore. My terminology's all screwed up. I'm just trying to be a better Brian. You make me want to be a better man, and wow. so do so do our fans. So does the 80k crew. Wow, I, I mean, you know. Let's look at the entire man. Thank you, Richard. Um, Rafe, I did want to get uh a, a breakdown of your holiday weekend. I hope all of our listeners had a great Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, Valley New Year. Weekend. Apparently, apparently, Rafe, uh, it is 2013, and people from all different states go out drinking the night before Thanksgiving. Rafe, how was well, your thanks, time? Thanks to Connecticut. We all learned that this was a great time to go and ha- go out and have a good time with friends and family who we haven't seen before, all that fun stuff. Yeah, we have this tradition in Connecticut where, uh, where, where the day after Thanksgiving, we put up our Christmas tree, too, Rafe. So... That's uh, that's way too early. What is wrong with you? I actually had mine up since October, but it was more of a uh, favor to to my wife for me not giving them a Christmas last year when I'm traveling the globe, getting into zone, getting in Showtime. Eddie Hearn. Where were you last year on Christmas? The whole Christmas season, I was traveling, Rafe, because the phone kept a ringing and the check register kept a cashing. All right, bro. Look, when when that phoner calls, you need to answer. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I'm a DAZN subscriber. I used to be a DAZN color commentator, Rafe. Okay, that's where I'm going last year. Anyway, Rafe, did you carve the damn bird at your sister-in-law's house? How'd it go? Of course I didn't carve the damn bird. I've never met any of these people before. I've kind of met them once when uh, when my, my special partner lady... <laughs> I just, I'm too old to say girlfriend, but I'm not married. I don't know what to do anymore. Common, um, is this common law at this point, Rafe? We're getting close. We're getting close. We've got a couple of years to go for that, but we, Folks, you know, that's not the way men do it. I mean, I guess the I guess the way men do it is getting vasectomies, right, Brian? <laughs> oh God, that's the worst day of my life. Worst day of my. By the way, don't ever go to a 75 year old Vietnam veteran who's a part time doctor at this point in his career, working one day a week. Don't go to that guy. You won't get meds. You won't get sympathy. You won't get anything but straight carvation, Rafe. Did, what is he doing? Like a a, com, a field combat vasectomy yes. on you? And by the way, I was so fed up in the middle of it because everything hurt when he told me, oh, you won't feel a thing after the first needle. By the way, there's you know three what, needles. You there's know what three. probably would feel super good, though, Brian? What, what would feel awesome? Those those little – you know when you watch the, the Vietnam movies and they poke you with the little morphine pill? Like the, I don't, it's like a tiny little needle. It's not like they're shooting it in you. It's just like a little capsule. They jab it in you and you're like, oh, yes. Oh, God. No, I don't Imagine some 40-year-old Nam morphine. That shit must be good. Wow. Uh, I wish I could have had some. I tried to talk to the guy about the war in the middle of it. He didn't want to go there, Rafe. It was uh... a <laughs> – not, not a good idea. 
Yep. All right. Well, he was busy. Uh... I have a group of analysts who receive the tip. They review the tip. Uh, they analyze. He was the... analyzing the, the whole, the whole, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Enough. Enough. Like, not a lot for me to work with down here, man. What's, no, what's going on? No, 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 no. He, um, he, he looked at the whole man. Um, Brian. When you enter into war, Rafe, you have to, as Igus Klimas would say, be prepared. Prepare your horse for the war. And <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, he hanging out with Sergey Kovalev way too much. In I'm different area said. codes. Yes. All right. Wow. Uh, I do love me some Igus Klimas there. So uh, shout out to the manager of the stars. Oh, that's going to be a challenge. Um... <laughs> We've been doing horrors from the beginning, Brian. Oh, come on, bro. All right. Uh, shout out to recent boxing winners. Shout out to uh, Delonte Wilder, my favorite heavyweight. You have DeAndre Wilder. <laughs> DeAndre Fonfara. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, rough going for Dwyer, I heard. I didn't hear this, but Double uh, uh, A on Twitter, uh, Saturday Night Boxing, Adam Abramowitz did point out that uh, although Wilder won his Sorry, Dwyer won his hedge bet of Wilder by KO. Uh, it wasn't a draw in the Dwyer household. Now, to paraphrase Charles Dickens, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. Tough break for him as a uh, value better on Luis Ortiz. Look, that is the that is the definition of a hedge better. His hedge came through. He, he, he made out fine. Dwyer is living well in the cité, Brian, of Mountain View. <laughs> I heard that everything is fair when you're living in the cité of Mountain View. Yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. The, the city of Google, the, the, the fairness capital of the world. Yes, exactly. Make that money, player. Indeed. Um, right. Right. Uh, man, we need him. I know I say that all the time that I make no steps to, to uh, per- amend this relationship. Is that the right word? Amend. That's what amend do. Um. I want to make this work because our listeners are the boxing hardcore. They're not regular fans, and they need to know what are in those totes next to his computer desk, Rafe. Are those are those called? Are you talking tote bags? I, I was. Are you talking? I talked about the, blah, 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 the plastic bins. Yeah, the is what bins. I want to know. What's in the bins? Yeah. What's your What's your bins name? Laden. What What is going on oh here, Ray? Oh. Hey man, I don't see. be a blank. Don't be a blank, friend. All right. Uh, hey, Rafe, we're gonna take a pause for the cause and hear a word from our friends and sponsors. Yeah. How about that? Dig it. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. 
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And we're back, BC, Rafe Boogs, going to get you fired up for all things Joshua Ruiz, two in the desert. Also, Jermall Charlo, still to come on today's show, ahead of Showtime's return to Brooklyn, New York on Saturday. Rafe, we may have to, as Dwyer would say, revisit their collaboration. Over the weekend, when ESPN Boxing had a little bit of business on a very, very slow fight weekend, in fact, most fights that were going on were going on at malls for Black Friday. But there was a fight card in Vegas at the Cosmo. And how about Oscar Valdez's original opponent coming in 11 pounds? Wait, overdue? while we're talking about cards, Brian, I think I need to pull your card. I need to pull your hardcore card here. You slow boxing weekend. It was a fun ass boxing weekend like huh? there was the espn card huh? in the middle of the day you had the casimero tete card uh, you yeah. had butayev the butane man uh, against yeah, besputin yeah. out in monaco the first one? lady cecilia break ass broke somebody's ass it was great uh who won the uh who won the damn butayev fight uh, Besputin won a close but deserved decision, so I think he actually gets a legitimate WBA belt or something out of that. No, it can't be. It's it's welterweight. He he ain't he ain't no real welterweight. Yeah. Uh, but and then and then they announced Ugas versus Besputin, which okay, I would watch that. Ooh, Is yeah. there any chance that they didn't announce it? I'm sorry, the WBA ordered it. Yeah. Well, w, the, the the sanctioning bodies like to order things, but the food never comes, any, Rafe. All right? Any chance that could happen? No. I I mean, if you're Al Heyman, and you're certainly... Al Heyman, a goat! And somebody like Ugas, who is not marketable, and your big names are probably going to avoid him like the plague, and you get a chance to get him in some kind of quasi-title fight on another network, I think you take that chance. Get that money, player, right? Similar to what Andy Ruiz did. Although every time you are accepting that money, player, you do have to understand a few things. To paraphrase Diddy and B.I.G., more money, more problems. You know, more... You go to you you go to Dank City right now on YouTube. You'll see the uh, the problems that come when you've got a Rolls Royce, but then they they put a, a Mercedes mini truck in front of you, and you're like, I guess I'll get both, right? <laughs> Why not both, Brian? Exactly. Also, you're talking about, uh, but but Bob, do you think and Bob? Well, Bob kind of has backed himself into the corner because he said his Russians, his Lithuanians. Any of my Russians, they're going to go over there and they'll beat any of the, the PBC fighters. <laughs> Sean Porter, yeah, we we got a contract. He's a sparring partner. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love when that lady tries to, hey, hey, Bob, hey, Bob, yeah, 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 make me a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will not tolerate any slut-shaming. Sh- slut what the hell does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this, this ain't the 1940s anymore, though, Bob. I'm all right? just a caveman. Yes. A simple cave. Your modern ways confuse me. Yes. Where I come from, only two things matter, Rafe. It's a simple concept. 
bitches and cigarettes. Everybody's happy. All right. That's All right I'm sorry I derailed this please, uh, please. By, by challenging your hardcore credentials. All I wanted to know is right. if you saw the guy who came in 11 pounds overweight and Bob sent him to hell and that we're going we're gonna to pull him from his hotel room. I mean, I, I, the Bob I know would send him a lot of Chinese takeout. In out of spite uh-huh. and say you ain't taking the plane home you're riding you know you're getting on the bus Rafe I've been playing uh we'll put that conversation on hold I've been playing this game called which American journalists are going to show up in Saudi as we get ready for Joshua Ruiz too the, the top copywriter seems to be there saw his and that money player saw his connection in in Frankfurt uh uh Radio Rahim has landed Michelle Joy Phelps. Uh, there's some dude from boxing scene I never heard of who's going. Uh, is wow, that it? really? Yeah, is that Reno? It? Man, Reno made it happen. Reno, yeah, Reno, Reno knows what he's doing. Is that it? That's a CBS owned property, by the way. BoxingScene.com. Visit that. Are you are, are you saying you are the boss of boxing? It's a great website, no, by the way. I, I'm not the boss of it, but when you're looking to 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 find a, a, a button on your soundboard that you can't find that has Dwyer talking about how good boxing scene is, uh, you you know, you play it. Very important article today on one of the Internet's best websites. Thank you. Um, Rafe, anyone else you think is going to show up last minute? You're going to well, get on the DAZN It's getting pretty jet? late to get over there. I saw that, you know, obviously, Dan the Man is has been tweeting about getting on the phone with Andy Ruiz uh, while he was in Saudi. So that means he ain't going. Yeah. Um, I, I, Andreas Hale works for DAZN. Uh, so he is there. I know. I don't know if that he's not there as a journalist, of course, but he, he is a creditable journalist in his, in his career. Um, you know who I'm not expecting to be there? Marcos Viejas, the journalist, the journalist because yeah. We know that in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they don't like the journalists at all. Yeah, they'll chop you mother effers up, <laughs> send you home in a in a bo- in a box. Why literally. are we laughing at that, Rafe? We're both journalists. Why are we laughing at that? All That's right. why we ain't there. Yeah, man. Uh, wow, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm sorry. You're hey, WWE, cool, go sell your soul there. I'm not going to fights in Riyadh. All right, not doing it. Well, not until you, you let it. women. I mean, fight you don't on the want car. it, man. What? I mean, you don't want it bad. You don't want – you're not got to grab that brass ring, Brian. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm finding my foot of snow here in Connecticut. Uh, so, Rafe, Oscar Valdez moves up to 130, faces this last-minute opponent, Adam Lopez, a young top-ranked fighter. We had a little piece of bingo. We had, we had a game of bingo going on here, Rafe. Uh, Valdez down. He gets up, rallies back. But a questionable stoppage. Your thoughts? I forgot the ref in question here. But your thoughts? Oh, you you know damn well it was Russell Moore. Oh. That's the rug. That I and I'm cannibalizing a, a line I've already written. But these are the moments that Russell Moore was born for. You've got a favorite. You've got a house fighter who's in a little bit of trouble. Mike's probably. Yeah, he was born. He was he was born ready for this. Russell Mora will give you that early stoppage. Hi, Julio Seja. Are you in a great fight with Guillermo Rigondeo? Oh, you were actually winning. Oh, you got knocked down. Sorry, I don't like how you look. You're done, Chief. <laughs> Same story me, in this fight. Let me let me stick my bag in your tea. Yeah, look the the minute that Adam Lopez got up from the first knockdown in the fight, the first time he was hurt in the fight, Russell Mora says. You need to show me something. Why? 
Yeah, why? Why? There's no reason. Why uh, it was why? a bad stoppage. Uh, now, I, I, I should – it is irresponsible to allege all of the things I am alleging. So I just allege that he's a bad referee. But hey, and, Carl Frampton looked good. Oh, so Lopez, by the way, should get another chance. He will. He did a favor for top rank there. He moved up. He looked good. He had a big moment. Are you looked great, man? He could box that. His jab was beautiful. And he, those quick, slick combinations. It was obviously stupid of him in the sixth round when he basically did a nice, a pretty pull counter. You know, the you know pulled back on 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 Valdez's jab and came over with his straight right and clipped him perfectly, and then just looked away like did the Billy Joe Saunders on him. That was. <laughs> a little too much and and you knew that it wasn't probably going to work out for him in the long run at that split stage but damn the guy could box he had quick hands pretty combinations i want to see more of them he says he says he's a natural featherweight needs to go down to 126 shoot let make go he's only 23 that's cool man i like it i got the feeling from listening to the top rank broadcast on espn and tim bradley on the plus not being afraid to let his words go that there's some concern here that Valdez will never be anything more than a brawler. And now he's moving up higher in weight. Did you have any odd feelings about his future after this? I know it's a last minute opponent. I know you have no time to prepare for him, but. Well, look, uh, let's be, let's, I'll just be honest, Brian. I, I like, I love, well, I think that he's must see TV. He is one of the most fun fighters in the sport. I don't think that Oscar Valdez is, uh, somebody who has, pound for pound potential or something like that. He's a guy who will be in the mix for belts at the right weight classes and he'll make really fun fights. He's got serious power. He recovers well, but he gets put down by amazing Pinoy fighters like Hennessy Cervania and guys who come in on 24 hours notice like Adam Lopez. Uh, with a, a Thailand guy. <laughs> um, He's, you know, he goes life and death with these guys or close to it and comes out on top and he deserves credit for that. But he's talking about fighting Miguel Burchelt next. Burchelt, he's going to run into a buzzsaw in that fight. Yes, he will. And by the way, a funny, hilarious Tim Bradley line at the end of that fight when they're in the ring talking to each other and they're, they're all kind of joking about how big Burchelt looks for a 130. And Tim Bradley goes, you got a catfish head. I was like, that is a great, great line. <laughs> um, I thought Carl Frampton looked fantastic, Rafe. I mean, he can box despite being in there with a man who was nine inches longer than him. <laughs> Insert sound drop. Um, he, he was able to win the jabbing battle. And he's just a higher class fighter than unbeaten Tyler McCready. McCreary. Mc, you're... Mabuli, I believe it's your bull uh, coming in. Uh, good win establishes himself at 30. And now he wants the fighting Marine Jamel Herring. They did the little face off. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, Rafe. Let's do it. Let's get yeah. him a belt. Yeah, he Look, I think Carl Frampton made a wee bit of mo- a wee bit of a mockery of my concerns last week that he didn't. He might not belong. He might not be a big enough man at 130 pounds. Well, at least against a a credible, not world class necessarily opponent in Tyler McCreary, but McCreary had some moments. He fought. There was that one round late in the fight where McCreary's trainer basically got in his ass and said, "You better do something. You're losing." And McCreary came out and and threw threw hands. He let his hands go. He tried hit hit Frampton a few times with some nice shots. Made Frampton 
sort of adjust and 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 come back and recuperate. And so McCreary is it wasn't wasn't just a a body in there, but it's another. It would be a step up. But yeah, Frampton looked good, man. He he looked like a guy who missed fighting, right? I mean, that was a that was a a more it seemed like a more determined Carl Frampton than you're used to seeing. But Frampton is one of those guys. Some he's a little bit uneven. Sometimes he looks like a million bucks, and he did on Saturday night. And then against some guys, like I guess, and obviously in the in the Josh Warrington fight, it just isn't there for him. And I don't know if that's because he's up. Uh, he's had he had struggles with weight at 126 or earlier 122, or if it just has a styles question, a doesn't thing, do well though. with pressure. Years of cutting to a weight class that's like just barely below your threshold. I mean, that's real. That eventually your body just says no, and you you have a night where you come out and the the chamber's empty, Rafe. Well, uh, for I'm more um, in my life, I, it's been more a question of my mind's telling me no, but my body, <laughs> my body's telling me yes. Yes, Brian. yes, yes. I was in your ass. Yes. Uh, Rafe, uh, nice little uh, business there by Top Rank ESPN. I didn't watch the oh, other Teixeira, thing. Teixeira. Teixeira. Oh, good little upset. I didn't watch that fight. I saw the highlights. It looked like a fun little battle. Did Crazy you watch that? Crazy-ass fight. Teixeira, where, this guy, I I, I take it back, <laughs> making fun of him for getting sent to hell by... All these by, guys are serving you your ass, Rafe. Yeah, I'm making a wee bit of a mockery of my boxing acumen. Um... He was fun, man. Southpaw fights. He kind of carries his arms in a in a Philly shell guard, but also but doesn't shoulder roll. Kind of is just herky jerky, uh, upper body movement all over the place. Smiles like a madman while eating huge shots from, from and having his face torn apart by Carlos Adamas, and then rallies back and dominates the second half of the fight, making it had Adamas looking like he didn't want to be in there at certain points. It was a hell of a performance and a, and a great fight, uh, lots of fun. I, I I recommend you revisit that collaboration. Get in my favorites folder, player. It's there. In, indeed, I love that in boxing that we're starting to take on the right mindset, the MMA mindset that you know one bad loss doesn't ruin somebody or one loss when you go for it and you come up badly empty doesn't ruin somebody it's the whole julian j rock williams against charlo you know he got caught and now we're like oh he you know he not he's he ain't he never will be long way from the from the jermel to the jermal and yet he comes back and wins the the title by out jarrett hurting jarrett hurt so it's like I want to live in that world, Rafe, where it's like, okay, that guy lost, but he, he, you know, he tried. And guess what? He got better in the two years since then. So Curtis Stevens may have sent that man to hell. Doesn't mean he can't back, come back at 54, win a fun fight against Adamus and hold one of these belts that, that, was it a good belt, a real belt? Was it a fake belt? Was it a six pack, 12 pack, 24 pack, Rafe? What was it? It's the, it's the Munguia belt. So it is, it, it is going to be a real belt. It's, I think it, it might have been interim, but it, because Munguia is moving up to 160, it's expected to be elevated to, the full so it regular Dennis Hogan's belt is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Hogan is about to go get his soul took and he won't be around to get that belt back. Uh, Rafe, also, please tell me you can show your Pinoy, you know, rip off that suit and show everybody your S. Uh, we never heard this. If I catch you with those, I will sing a lullaby song for you. Zolani Tete didn't first. He didn't show up against Nonito and helped him advance. Now he showed up, but didn't show up. Right. Or was this just what a night for Pinoy boxing? 
Well, it was a. It, Have you yeah, noticed I didn't again, watch any boxing this weekend except for that top rank card? <laughs> Rafe, take over the show, please. What a night for Filipino boxing is what I can say about that. Yeah, it was awesome. By the way, watch that. Uh, it was a classic sort of Manny slash Bobby Pacquiao early days <laughs> post-fight interview with John Riel Casimero where he's like, yeah, I win, man, winning, fight good, winning, winning. And, and knucklehead Sean Gibbons is next to him being like, the best, man, the best monster. And at one point, he Casimero calls out Inoue <laughs> next and then forgets that he called him out. And he's like, who's that guy I fight next? And and Casimero's <laughs> like, and 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 knucklehead Sean is like, Monster, you know, yeah, monster. Let's fight, man. I winning. <laughs> it was, it was a classic. The gloves um, have, uh, that I use in clitoris is, uh, you know, I like that glove. It's my glove. So, uh, do you think he stuck his hand in there after the fight, Rafe, and so in celebration? Yeah, in the glove of clitoris. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. The glove, um, not, not the, not, no, no, not Taco Tuesday, Rafe. The glove. Thank you, <laughs> Gary Payton. All right. Um, wait, 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 wait. What you were asking me about the fight? Um, it was a weird fight. Nothing happened in the first two rounds. Nothing was happening in the third round. Then all of a sudden, Casimero catches uh, Tete when he was sort of bent over. It was a. I think. I think our friend. Um, uh, Filipino American scribe Ryan Songalia, often seen at the ring. dot com. Huh? Songalia. Songalia. No, Songalia. Songalia. I mean, he, he's from Jersey. He says Songalia. Um, oh, how dare him then? All right. Uh, yeah. But Ryan, I believe, and it was a good, pretty good comparison, I thought, compared the trajectory of the punch and where it caught him to the knockout that Jermel Charlo had on Erickson Lubin, where you almost didn't see how it landed. But then when they finally got the angle, you're like, oh. And it caught Tete sort of on the temple, and his legs were just gone. He was done. So it was really... That one shot, and then the fight was over. It, it, it's hard to understand what to take from that. Casimero is on a hell of a roll, the kind of role that you're very impressed by. Might raise an eyebrow or two. He has been training with the great Memo Heredia, but yeah, what does that mean, Rafe? I mean, seriously, you know, I mean, what does that even mean in 2018, Rafe? Right? We did. We've been doing doping from the beginning. Sorry, 2019. Um, hey. Uh, he's he's now a champion in a third weight class, and he was in the. I, I I loved doing a story earlier this year. Casimero was the guy who fought in Argentina against Carlos Lasarte in the insane, dirty brawl. That, that, that then after he knocked out Lasarte, the entire they were throwing chairs in the entire arena, basically mobbed the 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 ring. Knucklehead, poor knucklehead Sean Gibbons had to hide underneath the ring apron. It was a it was a it was a classic. Yeah, we got to get that guy on the show and just talk stories. Just talk stories. Uh, 30 years old is Casimero, 29 and 4, 20 KOs. Been on a nice little run. Just one loss going back over the last four years. Had that two fight series with I'm Not Ruin Wrong. And overall, he seems to be a road warrior, Rafe. Oh, yeah. He's one. That's, I mean, as you, you, he's won, I think, now in seven or eight different countries uh and has won i think all of his titles on the road because he's never he i don't think he's ever had a title fight in the, the philippines so did we overrate zolani tete from that from that one like six second knockout i believe we that was the first time i ever seen or heard of the man and then of course because he was a small guy and anytime a small guy has a highlight all of the small guy hipsters come out and start <laughs> telling you he's the pound for pound greatest fighter in the world and because i don't want to go back and watch every zolani tete fight since 
kingdom come, I I just say, all right, these guys probably know something. He must be for the real. And then the, then I watched his fight with Mi- Mikhail Aloyan in the quarterfinals of the WBSS. That fight sucked, but he won. And then he hadn't fought again, right, until this. Uh, and he heard the lullaby song. He Maybe did. he's still all right, but he, uh, he, he's, he had an interesting 2018, Rafe, Zulani Tete. First, he beat the husk of uh, the old rat tail, Omar Narvaez. And then he fought a guy who was 4-0 and took a decision from him in Russia. What the... What the hell's going That's Mikhail Olayan, right? Olay, isn't that yeah, the guy? Yeah, Eloyan. Yeah, yeah. What is he? Yeah. He was so that was some Olympian style dude who had you know was trying to do like a poor man's uh Lomachenko. Ah, uh, yeah. You always find out the hard way when you try that. There's only one Lomachenko in the end rafe. And you know what his secret is? Thailand, I think right? his secret is uh, Papachenko. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. If you don't have Papachenko in your life, don't don't try it. Don't try this at home. What? By the way, that shouldn't be a, a difficult concept to grasp when watching Vasily Lomachenko fight. Don't try this at home. Yeah, like, don't try he's doing. He does things what other men won't do. He will kiss a Thailand man on the mouth and then knock him out with one hand. <laughs> I say that on. Uh, I do this show every Monday called Morning Combat on the Showtime YouTube channel with Luke Thomas. You know, in MMA, they try to, people try to mimic what they see. They do spinny shit on the minor league level. We've got this fun segment called Have You Seen This Shit? Which is basically just highlights of, of like horrible minor league MMA guys trying spinning kicks, missing, and then getting That's sent awesome. to hell with a clean punch. Remember when Berto after around and tried the shoulder roll and Robert Guerrero closed both of his eyes? Don't try that stuff, Rafe. Don't do what the legends can do. Only they can do it, Rafe. This ain't Berto. is the test man. He's not the machine. He's the test maker. He tests you. He tests you deep inside. Not oh outside. God. Not on the surface. What's inside? That's what he does. Wow, wow, Rafe. <laughs> I'm, something just went deep inside me, Brian. Not, not outside, inside. What's inside? Thank you, Frozen Cuss. All right. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> shout out to James Foley for that. We got to get Foley on the show, right? We're always talking about our friend Raskin. What about James Foley, formerly of the... Uh, he fell off. Like, he doesn't. He's he's just into the Houston Rockets now. He doesn't do box. He's he's out. He's out, man. He got out the playing. game. Good for him. Don't drag him back in. All right, I love this that. Godfather man. Three stuff. Yeah, he stopped watching boxing. That guy's great. Not James. Not the killed journalist James Foley or the Kamal <laughs> James Shirugi, Foley, not that guy. the journalist. Yes. Holy Foley. All right, Rafe. That's a lot of ridiculousness there. That's your weekend recap. What do you think of the interview, Deontay Wilder? Gave to the boxing voice when he was asked about Floyd Mayweather, promoter of record of Wilder Ortiz 2, announcing his own comeback during fight week. Did you see some of those dismissive comments from Wilder? Sounded I read like some headlines. Was, sounded I, like there's a little little trouble in uh, in PBC Village, Rafe. Well, that's interesting. Hey, look, it's in, I, I would know. I think it's. I understand. I think Deontay Wilder has a legitimate reason to be annoyed, right? Like, hey, let me have this. There's plenty of people with big fights whose shine you can steal. Canelo fights twice a year. He's a bigger star than me. Go mess with him. You know, don't you don't have to do this in our backyard. This is we're we're all family, right? So why are we? You know, then it's kind of ridiculous to say that. But in a lot of ways, in this crazy ass balkanized rivalry filled world of boxing right now 
a lot of fighters and a lot of businesses and a lot of fans treat it that way. Whether you think uh, PBC, we're all family. We were trying to beat these other guys. Top rank. There's a little bit of that. And there's a little bit of that even, well, I mean, the, of course, the, the top blokes, the quality blokes who are down with the UK, with the matchroom crew, they're, 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 the, the factionalism is real, even if we don't all love it. Um, and I can understand why Deontay Wilder wouldn't appreciate Floyd barging in Kool-Aid manning his his hype train during a pay-per-view fight week. They're trying to sell pay-per-views. By the way, they still haven't announced that number yet, but they are announcing yeah. two million buys. Well, let's talk about that. Um, um, the only thing we've seen is Bob Arum guessing that it did two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand. And Rick Glazer, for what that is worth, on his Facebook on, page, man. saying it did like 130. Uh, do you think the fact that we haven't heard means it underperformed? Yes, right? Probably. That's generally what that means, right? Because when they can get away with fibbing a big number, they fib the big number immediately. Or at least that's been the recent trend. Maybe, but the thing is, even when they tell us the, the number right away, we never have any real n- n- idea what the hell is going on. So I, I, it's, it's, I feel I want to hold back and not rush to judgment. But even, even when we hear something more reliable than Rick Glazer and Bob, I, well, all right, would Bob wouldn't deflate this number? He has less incentive to deflate this number than normally. When when he's talking about a PBC pay per view because he's making a joint, a joint Fox PBC and ESPN top rank pay per view with this fighter in like less than three months, right? Uh, all I heard was Bob's making a joint. My advice to everybody who's scared to death is smoke a lot of weed for four years. <laughs> so uh, it's it's interesting, and I, 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 I the numbers. Almost to me, the uh, the only number that really matters is 80k, True. and on top of that, the only other numbers that matter are the numbers that Floyd Money Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao put up in their heyday. After that, it's all you're all just fighting over scraps. Well, I will say, separate from the the checks that I potentially cash on the PBC side ahead of their you know pay per view hype machine, um, I hope it did really well, not just for the health of boxing, but Fox put a lot into that fight, Wilder Ortiz, probably assuming that it had potential to to not sell big. So if they put that much and it ends up being only 200,000 buys, then that's sort of like, let's slow our roll that, you know, mainstream TV, Fox or ESPN, if they put their best foot forward, can make any fight a big fight. You know what I mean? Or maybe maybe I shouldn't be like that. Maybe that's just a sobering reality. Maybe that fight shouldn't have been a pay-per-view from the beginning. It's it. You can look at it from multiple ways, right? Yeah, it's it, that, I, I guess it is. If, it, so I don't necessarily know that if every if every pay-per-view is building on some narrative or story it's very hard to judge right they happen infrequently enough with so many other factors going on in the world on television broadcasts other sports competing at the same time that it can be hard to there's no there's no apples to apple comparison ever between two pay-per-views right it's they're always discrete events in in some way yeah boxing is and, is a one is a bunch of one-off events that's the boxing business Right. So and and so it would be a kind of a bummer that the one time that 
Fox really laid it all out there. It for whatever reason it didn't come through. If it didn't come through, that would because it would be you wouldn't want to see them draw or jump to the conclusion that okay, it doesn't matter if we promote this junk because people are either going to buy it or they won't. We don't know what's going to happen, so let's not put too much eggs in the basket. That's it. I don't. I I, I think you're. Anyone who jumps to a conclusion off of one boxing event in any way makes a mistake. Yes. But there is always a chance that you could spend a lot of money on something and that investment doesn't pay off. It's uh, what are you going to do, man? It's it's boxing. You either you you either get suckered into putting your money out there and letting a promoter take it from you or you don't. And maybe you make some money back, maybe you don't. Yeah, in boxing you either bang or you get bong. And that's how it works, Rafe. I did like, by the way, to put a uh, ribbon on it, that Wilder didn't – now, he didn't attack Floyd in those comments. He was sort of generic, but he also didn't bow down and kiss the ring, right? He's like, I'm Deontay Wilder. I'm my own brand. I got my own special sauce. Now, understand, Wilder is not a guy. Pause. Who puts punches together. Pregnant pause. Right? This is the era we live in. Wilder's a specialist. Longer pregnant pause. Right? He's a fastball pitcher. He has an A-plus straight right hand to the head. He's a Roldis Chapman. That's his secret sauce. Yes. He ain't no Greg Maddox. He ain't no Tom Glavin. He ain't no Steve Avery, Brian. Wow, you're going deep. You got Mark Walters for us? Who do you got? Mark Wohlers? I mean, wow. Who's the knuckleballer of boxing? Who is the Tim Wakefield of boxing? Um, So that would be a a smoke and mirrors defensive sort of junk baller, right? Miguel Vasquez. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, would you even say, like, prime Sergio Mora, what he did against Mosley on pay-per-view, where it was all negative, 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 defensive, negative? I guess I could see that. He's 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 not awkward. Uh, Mora was just, like, slick and, and responsible. I, I didn't think of him as, like, awkward enough to be a knuckleballer. Maybe it's uh, Yui Fury, Rafe. <sighs> right? Just Yui... performance anxiety, Yui huh? Yui Fury. Now, let's talk about Yui Fury. Right, Mr. Performance Anxiety. <laughs> right? If I were the manufacturer of uh, things like Cialis. All right, enough Dwyer. Enough Dwyer. Who's to on say that show. Dwyer isn't running a little pill mill? Uh, well, uh, that's what's in the bins. Daddy's all, got pot coin? I mean, that's the what generic we're... Viagra you could ask for, Brian. <laughs> Hit me up on the low. Richie, you're, you're, yeah, I play with Rich. I press his button. You're naughty, Dwyer. You're naughty. Rafe, also in the news, Terrence Crawford told the LA Times ahead of his comeback December 14th against Mean Machine. Um, a set of quotes that answer the question we all have for him of like, who the hell are you going to face next if you're not going to cross the PBC street? But he gave almost two conflicting quotes. Ch- hear me out here. He says, I'm willing to fight all those guys, but it's not up to me to decide if I'm going to fight them or if I'm not. I'm open to fighting those guys. I've been saying it since day one. Nothing changed. Blah, blah, blah. Bob is willing to make any fight happen. It's, but at the end of the day, it's not up to Bob. It's up to me. But I thought you just said it wasn't up to you. You'll fight anybody. Um, I'm a little bit confused, Rafe. It, it sounded like he's trying to say, I'll fight the PBC guys tomorrow, but they don't want to fight me. But then halfway through, he's like, you know, it's not even up to Bob. It's up to me to force them to do it. Here's the direct quote. Okay, you ready for this? So if a I fighter really wants to make 
a fight happen, he can make it happen. You can tell them, listen, this is the fight I want, and I'm not fighting until I get that fight. It's simple. At the end of the day, they work for us, meaning the promoters. If we don't fight, nobody is going to get paid, so they have to make the fights that the fighters want. End quote. So, Rafe, do you feel from what you know and seen that Bud has done enough of doing what he just said, putting his foot down and saying, bro, Uncle Bob, Grandpa, I ain't fighting Mean Machine or Best Butin or any of your damn Lithuanians. All right, we did the con experiment. That's fine. We fought all the white guys we could find. Tell me somebody I beat better than Chris Algieri. Oh, uh, Jeff Horn. I need some PBC guys now. Now or nothing. Make it happen. I don't ever hear that coming out of his mouth. It could be happening behind the scenes in the war room with with the corner man, but I don't hear that, Rafe. So I'm going to start pointing the finger at Bud like he just sort of did to himself. Well, Brian, don't you think that love is a two-way street? And he needs some of that love reciprocated from somebody on the PBC side because – Yes, Terrence Crawford could put his foot down with top rank and say, I, I won't fight anybody except one of these three or four guys, Manny, Porter, Spence, Danny. Um, well, be careful. And be careful when you're talking about Danny. I'm talking about Danny Garcia, not the Danny you're talking about. Okay, okay. And you realize, oh, that's Danny. Okay, okay. Danny has a stick. Um, Brian, you know, he could say that, but if – for whatever reason, because perhaps PBC want, I, look, I, I don't want, I like, I think that it's, it, you could say it's going too far to suggest some sort of nefarious uh, motive behind this, that PBC wants to freeze out Terrence Crawford, ruin his career, sabotage his legacy, all that. Kind of, no, maybe they just want to make as much money in house as they can with the very talented stable of Walter Waite right. fighters. And they have take the Keith, best out Keith of that Keith and make a Mayweather-Pacquiao fight two years from now, right? That's probably what which, they want to do. Which, uh, look, does does that disappoint me as a boxing fan? It disappoints me greatly. I think it sucks. But it is a rational thing for them to pursue. And if that's what they choose to do, and they flat out won't negotiate in any way, then Terrence Crawford can put a, keep putting his foot down. But what if they say, all right, well, we won't give you those guys, but we'll give you Lippinets, or we'll give you... We'll get, I mean, Lippinette's fine. Take that, take that, take that player because that's easy money, right? Easy, easy no, money. No, no. I'm sorry. Not I'm not a fan of your guy. Bro, um, Sergey Lippinette gets up in that ass. That's not easy money. I mean, Bud would win, but that's like that's a fight. That's, that's like a Jeff Horn easy money oh, to get me. Get the hell out of here, Ray. Okay, okay, okay. At, at Rafe, Prime Horn Walterweight, you taking – you think Lippinette washes Jeff Horn at Walter? Nah, that's a fight. That's a fight right Now there. we want to make it, yeah. yeah. That's a fight right there. But uh, How about up at middleweight, at, at Jeff Horn's prime weight? Before you keep using that name and disrespecting him. Jeff Horn was a real man. Yeah. He said, Manny Pacquiao, you don't got nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Rafe. Okay. I agree. He was a real man. We've been through this. We've um, been doing doping since the beginning. Yes. <laughs> uh, in any case, what if what if it turns into, okay, you could get Lippinets. You could get Jamal James. You could get... Um, Ugas, who is dangerous, right? I don't know if if, if you're Bob and, and Terrence Crawford in the top rank side and PBC offers Ugas, it's like, oh, Ugas is going to make it a tough night. You're not going to look good against him. He's too good to look good against. You probably get out of there with a 
with a deserved decision. There's a chance you get out of there with a robbery that True. you come out and end up looking worse. It's just, you know, there's, it, and I, I basically, I understand it is, it's tougher than it sounds. Right. And, and then you're just, then you're just sitting there on the vine losing, losing juices, man. And you got, you, you, you he's on Terrence Crawford is in his prime. Was he 31 right now? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Or 32 even. 30, he's older you, than you think. I'll tell you that much. He doesn't want to be inactive. Being inactive sucks for fans, for fighters. For I'm getting worried so. though, Rafe. I'm now it's it's now past the point. Like you know, we've been saying forever, Terrence Crawford has nobody to fight unless he goes across the street. But I mean, like, if you're telling me the best guy he's going to fight in the next two years may end up being like a Regis Progre when it's, he moves up to welterweight, and then Relax. it's a bunch it's of going to be good, man. It's going to be good, and then a bunch of mean machines around that. I'm getting nervous, Rafe, because here's the deal. Terrence Crawford is a bad man, and I've got news for you. He's 32 years old, and he thinks he's the BEST in the sport, and he might actually be, but we want to find out. But here's his welterweight run so far. Jeff Hahn, right? Right? Jose Benavidez Jr. and Amir Khan. Not awful by any means, Rafe. The problem was there really wasn't anybody for him to face at 140, and he lingered there to get all four belts and beat a lot of Hank Lundy's and John Molina Jr.'s to get there. So we've been itching and waiting for a long-ass time since that Gamboa fight for him to fight somebody. But you know he's well, not The unfortunate Gamboa? thing, Brian, right, you is that you know, Manny, yeah, Manny never gave it to him. You're Manny right. never gave it You're to right. him. right. It was a time when Manny was smart enough to go, the money isn't there to equal the danger. It was one of those times, right? And Manny doesn't deserve – Manny doesn't owe it to anyone, but it is well, – that, that was the window, and it's gone now. It closed. So, you know, back-to-back -back fights of, of Rick Sterko and Gambo was great. But then it's Ray Beltran, Thomas Delorme, Dierry Jean, Hank Lundy, Victor Polstal, love it. John Molina, Felix Diaz, okay, Indongo, okay. Um, we gotta fight names now. He's he he's you know, you can pull all those B minus wins together and it looks good, but now you're 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 being compared against guys like Team Spence, where it makes sense when you look at his resume and go, Oh, he beat Porter, oh, you know, he he beat Mikey, he beat Lamont Peterson, he beat uh uh Kel Brook when he still had an eye, uh, you know, you you look at Sean Porter, he's got a really nice resume. You look at Keith Thurman, he's got a really nice resume. I want Bud to face the best at one fall seven, Rafe. Yeah, well maybe he could fight like Adrian Granados or something. He probably uh, will. That's probably next, Rafe. Or we'll, or dust off Chris Algeri, right? That's probably next, Rafe. That's how this business works. I hate it. I do think they can speed up I think within by the end of next year we could be seeing a Oh, shoot, but no, they want to. Re I, you know what? We love unification. We love undisputed titles, and we can't be in a position to complain if they do move toward a late 2020 uh, Josh Taylor Jose Ramirez fight at 140. But oh, is that our those, future Jose Ramirez moving up? Is that where you're going with this? Exactly, Ramirez moving up, Josh Taylor perhaps getting going up to uh, who both of those guys if they stay on track right and ramirez has to be victor postol who he is a, still a tough customer yes. no they used to spar together in the wild card they know it they got some history yes. um and they got to do it in china they got and we'll talk about this in a minute these weird foreign 
territories where neither fighter is from, it's a little bit of a wild card. You don't know what's gonna what could go wrong out there sometimes. Um, in any case, if things stay on track for Ramirez and Taylor unifying later in 2020, then both guys probably move up after that uh, and become real real players at 147 who are easier to get in Bud's lair. They're easier to lure into Omaha, Nebraska. And shout out to Omaha, Nebraska. By the and, way, shout out to the Irish crew. Shout out to the Northern Irish crew, the Belfast boys. Shout out to the ADK crew, the Alex Godinez crew. These nuts. Shout out, Rafe, to uh, Quality Bloke. All of our people, all right? For sure. Maybe Bud could go. I know this, this, is, this is not going to happen, so maybe it's not even worth mentioning. Maybe go over to the UK and just clean up across the pond a little bit because – they really appreciate boxing. They love great fighters over All right, there. Give me a good white guy that's not at 135. That's in the UK, Rafe. Sandman, get Sandman oh, up at 147. God. Send his ass to hell. Josh Kelly, is that what we're building to? Is that where we're going? Send him to hell too. Yes, I know. I does look. The fights aren't going to be that much better, but it, there will be big event feels. There will be. Uh, there will be Sweet Caroline sung. There will be 80K style crowds. There will be the O2 filled. They like they went they went bananas over Vasily Lomachenko out there. They love the they love Usyk. They love top operators, it and hurts. that's what Terence Crawford is. He'll it, get treated like the star he is. It's too bad that while Mikey was a free agent, if this zone deal is for real. And by the way, Mikey's been and close he has a blood feud with top rank. I know Mikey's been close to a lot of deals lately and didn't sign them. Too bad he couldn't have just gone to top rank for one big fight against Bud. It would have been nice, He's been right? teasing the bag. He's been teasing the bag, Brian. Get Mikey a win. Get him in there against Bud. It's a legitimate-ass fight. All right, we got to roll on, Rafe. It's time to get into our weekend preview, and obviously the big one goes down in Saudi in zone. I believe I saw tweets saying 3.45 p.m. Eastern is the expected ring walk when Andy Ruiz Jr., takes his three heavyweight world titles in this rematch against Anthony Joshua. Let's let Tyson Fury tell us what happened in the first fight, Rafe. He didn't. He swallowed. The old term in boxing is he swallowed. And that's it. What happens when a man swallows once? It's hard to come back from. He'll always do it. Wow. All right. Uh, Rafe, that's really the key question. It's to not pick apart the X's and O's. It's not to give you the take of, well, look, if uh, AJ can just ride that jab and box, he's got a chance, which, by the way, may be true. This is more about psychoanalysis. This is more about Dr. Sigmund Bartholomew. Tell me where AJ's mind will be in this rematch and how the neutral site, the $75 million reported windfall, and the potential of soft drug testing? How does this all play into the version of AJ that we end up seeing on Saturday? Because that's the intrigue. It's not even really about Andy Ruiz Jr. He's playing the role of modern-day Buster Douglas to a degree. It's about whether AJ can pull a Lennox Lewis, get up from that knockout, and put the train back on the tracks. Yeah, Brian. Well, and I really... I really hate playing armchair psychologist, but this is there's no other way to look at this fight. There is so much it is a a cornucopia of armchair psychology and you're just it's all so subjective. I think the question with AJ is do you believe that 
Well, one, I, I and this is not just this has a little bit to do with the first fight. Do you believe that the left hook that really in the third round when Andy Ruiz got up and caught him in the exchange, sort of the temple shot that mess oh actually is behind the temple near the, the ear, ear. that, that like the equilibrium the shot yes. that that sent uh AJ into disarray if if you believe that that was basically the end of the fight and that AJ was almost just going operating on instinct didn't know where he was totally didn't wasn't himself from that point to the rest of the fight then you should believe that AJ can recover that if that one punch if he doesn't if the same kind of reaction doesn't happen then he can fight much better so can Andy Rand doesn't mean Andy Ruiz can't win the fight but you but then AJ isn't necessarily just doomed in this fight AJ is really hard I find AJ extremely hard to read personality wise because the entire time I've been watching him which fairly I start I caught on pretty early when he started like a little bit before uh be- definitely before Prince Charles Martin I was in a, I was down so before he had picked up a belt cuz he was Dillian pulling White. these huge crowds making tons of money out there yeah um would you shout out Showtime for being an early investor and making sure we can see him without without streams? I guess. When did you know when they started? <laughs> I don't, but I feel I feel like all right, they, great. All right, hey, it was good. Where, good did they, I don't think they, they did they have anything before Prince Charles Martin? I don't think they did. That was so a no short conversation. No, I was in there before Showtime. AJ, show me love. I I showed you love before Steven Espinoza ever did. Um, anyway. He's so hard to read because he's so he's he's always been, or at least in in what I've seen of him, so well packaged. So well, and yeah, I know. Play a bunch of sound notes on that one. Um, he's always been such a put together. He's kept us. It feels like a facade. He feels plastic in a way that I never judged him for because he's like a hundreds of worth hundreds of millions of dollars he's playing the Derek Jeter role to a T that's interesting so you think that maybe he got caught up too much in becoming a global superstar and just stopped being AJ from around the block I don't look I don't know what AJ from around the block is or was like maybe AJ from around the block was just that kind of guy but he always seemed to he's just one of these people who always you know he's humble but not obsequious He's uh, your your Northwestern is showing there, Rafe. Sorry. He's the kind of guy he doesn't, you know, he's humble, but he didn't kiss ass. And he didn't. He's a guy who always said things. He said the right thing in the right way, but without a whole lot of feeling behind it. And the thing that worries me going into this fight is so, okay, AJ has it seems he's saying things now and it appears that he has committed himself to this fight in a totally different way than he had been in recent fights in that he shut down a lot of media. He focused a lot more on sparring, working on skill, coming up with a game plan and transforming his body to some degree, right? Slimming down, getting rid of some of the excess muscle, the bodybuilder stuff that might have slowed him down, hurt his stamina, just been not useful to him in the boxing ring in the past. He also, and he's, he sounds like it. He looks like it, but there's a thing with AJ. 
you can never really tell, or I don't, I can't tell if I believe it, if I believe that he's doing this because it's what he thinks he should do, or it's because he's doing it because it's what seems like the right thing to do. Like he grew this scruffy beard. His hair is messed up now. He's not clean looking right now. It's and Rocky, it's like, it's well, did you, did you, do you want to look like you've been in a cave yes. training Yes. or did, were you actually in the cave training? Did you go to Russia and do the Rocky four? I think you or, did. Are you did. just acting like you did because it seems like the thing to do? It's, well, that's you can never get behind fight. the mask with him, so I don't know. It's the ultimate gut check. It's There's so much pressure on him, and I think it's legitimate to try to play up the angle, which is normally a little bit sensational to say, if AJ loses here, even though AJ's done interviews this week and said, I'm coming back, win or loss. But there's, I think there's enough. It's legitimate to say, should he lose here by knockout a second time in a row? He may never fight again. He may never be the same again. He's got, he's getting another, he's got 75 million here. He's made so many millions. This could be that kind of shattering of whatever invincibility is left. The same way, by the way, fellow big time Brits, Ricky Hatton, it happened after the second big time loss, right after Mayweather and Pacquiao. He just left the sport. Prince Nassim Hamed after he was sort of figured out. Tito Trinidad for a while after he was figured out. It happens before where you just sort of lose your fighting soul. That's the big intrigue coming in. But I've got news for people, especially the people just being like, oh, well, if Ruiz is in better shape and has a longer training camp, man, this is going to be an easier win. Um, AJ was a better heavyweight boxer and fighter coming into the first fight, and he still is now. So unless that mental stuff that doesn't get talked about enough, meaning the potential of was he knocked out by Joey DeWedgeco in sparring heading into that first fight? Was there a doctor, like the reports say, that didn't clear him? Did they force the fight because the date was already set and they were going for the U.S. debut? Did they gamble? Oh, he'll figure it out. Ruiz is nobody. And did they come up short in that gamble leading Mr. AJ to attack Hearn in the ring? If that stuff resurfaces, I think we have a fight. If it doesn't, I think this is Lennox Lewis coming back against McCall and Rockman. I don't think it'll be some spectacular, you know, bulldozing like in the second Rockman fight. I don't think AJ is Lennox Lewis, but I think when you look at the equivalents here, Rafe, as long as he, this for this gut check, as long as AJ checks himself and comes in ready and has done all the right things, you're going to have to show me something in Andy Ruiz's journey to this point outside of that fight in which he's ever been that guy before. That's the key. He's always been a serviceable heavyweight. He's never been what his nickname says, a destroyer. He got inside of AJ, who maybe got a little bit cocky after that first knockdown, and he hit him with a shot to the ear, which to me is no different than the one shot that McCall knocked out Lennox Lewis with in a flash knockout or the one that Rockman got him with. It just so happened that it was to the ear, and the fight went another three, four rounds longer, and we had to see a wobbly AJ hang on, and then suddenly all the narratives come in of, he never was, he ain't, he never will be, and it's like, let's hold the phone here. Let's call timeout. Can we revisit the collaborations of Anthony Joshua? Is he Some flawless? Some collaborations there. No, he ain't flawless, but I'll tell you what's happened. He fought through adversity against Dillian White, against Carlos Tackham. He got up off the canvas against Klitschko and in some degree changed his style to be a little bit safer. He outboxed Joe Parker to unify. He's done some ish. All right, he knocked Povetkin out. So my point is, Rafe, when you have a bully 
who is living off of invincibility the way a prime Mike Tyson or a Ronda Rousey did. And then you're like, wow, somebody took that from them. Then they may never be the same. That's one thing. I've already seen AJ dig in. Yes, he's vulnerable. So was Lennox Lewis, by the way. We were kind of waiting for Lennox Lewis to get knocked out every fight after that McCall fight, right? Because it's heavyweights and we thought he didn't have a chin. Same thing with Klitschko for a while. I really feel like unless he's brutally damaged, he's going to use his size and strength, keep Ruiz on the end of that jab, and when Andy Ruiz decides to go for it, I think AJ's going to knock him out late. I mean, I could definitely see that. Andy Ruiz is the ultimate small sample size contender champion, three three belt champion, four belt if you count that weird IBO belt champion in boxing because he had the only fight, the only fight that that means anything on his resume besides AJ is Joseph Parker, which is close. He had an argument for winning that, but it was a boring, terrible fight. Now, you know what? Everybody talking about that fight saying he deserved to win. None of us watched it. Hardly any of us watched it. <laughs> it was not on US TV. It was, it, was a, it was one of those ones where you tune in and you watch the Burger King logo from New Zealand or Australia, wherever they were doing it. And it was boring. It was hard to watch. You might have slept through it in the middle of the afternoon or in the morning or whatever. It was, and I'm sure there are some hardcore that are like, oh, I watched it, actually. I'm sure you did, mother effort. But it is a, <laughs> it's part of this narrative that, that oh yeah Andy definitely won that well no it was just uh, both guys looked pretty bad like it was the beginning of us realizing that Joseph Parker wasn't on the AJ and Wilder level and that was and it was just sort of well Ruiz looked all right but he didn't look great and obviously he didn't look great enough for top rank to invest in him beyond then um and good for really great for Ruiz to buy his way out of that contract and get this opportunity um and 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 have all this happen for him, but we just don't know. None of he has he, all the other guys he beat. I mean, the guy he beat before the two guys before he beat before AJ was Kevin Johnson and Alexander Dimitrenko. Yeah, like and Dimitrenko this don't got, mean nothing. Dimitrenko got stopped by a lot of name heavyweights, including Brian Jennings, who's not a puncher. So it's but AJ. I mean, Ruiz might actually be that good. That's the thing. Well, he might, the thing, and dude. he might just have this. He might have AJ's number. That I mean, look, that could end up being the case. And we've seen guys that coming in we thought weren't as good and they win the rematches because, yeah, they've got that number. Boxing math is a thing, you know? Like, Norton gave Ali hell. Mosley couldn't get past Winky in Vernon Forest, despite how great Mosley was. It just was the deal there. But while we all sort of shrieked, I think, when in instantly this Ruiz knockout was compared to Douglas Tyson. And I think that was easy for casuals to understand what it meant. But we're all like, wait, hold on. AJ ain't Tyson. And I think Ruiz is better than Douglas ever was. And, you know, it doesn't really fit perfectly. But where the connection fits is that it was in both of Buster Douglas and Andy Ruiz. And it came together in a perfect storm in which they both got a chance. People didn't give them a chance. They both got off the canvas. They both caught a star on a bad night for the star. And they both rose to a level that we hadn't seen them do before or since. Going to give Andy Ruiz the respect that maybe that was the wake-up call. He is special from the idea of that he has fast hands, and he's probably the best combination puncher of the heavyweights. But yeah. he's also small-ish in the super heavyweight era. That's, I mean, by height, for sure. He's like He says he's 6'1", but he's probably like 6 feet flat. And while, yes, you go back and watch that first fight, man, 
he was in it, but he was in it after the left hook to the air. And that's the thing. I mean, I know you're going to rip me here, but Cotto was never the same. Sergio, my champion, was never the same after Cotto hit him with an equilibrium shot. I know the niece created another eight knockdowns, but what I'm saying here, Rafe, is I, I believe more that AJ really was that guy all along, but a vulnerable guy, but still that guy, then I'm going to believe that Andy Ruiz was awakened from this one fight and now 100% is that dude the rest of the way. You know what I'm saying, Rafe? There's I, a- absolutely, right? I mean, there's one guy has a track record and the other guy does not. In fact, the only, I mean, it's hard to, a lot of it might be um, sort of, revisionist but the uh, the track record that came out when people tried to explain his victory was that well the problem was he's always had the talent but it was hard to keep his focus obviously he wasn't always in the best shape blah 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 he didn't seem always committed this that and the other that was that was that was top rank sort of explanation for why they stopped investing in him post joseph parker you don't look committed now rafe i'm sorry i've watched your your high show what's it called dank times oh we're gonna get into it dank city so what so what is the alarm level what should the alarm level be to any andy ruiz fans any better seeing that yo andy ruiz knocked his ass out and he's the underdog i get good money on him to win again, all the all the Dwyers out there, all the hedge betters yes. who believe in the superior boxing of Andy Ruiz, what's what should be your alarm level after watching the three episodes, episode four still to come, of Dank City, A Day in the Life of Andy Ruiz? First of all, why is Andy Ruiz appearing? Nobody got much access to Andy Ruiz before. The, Jimmy Kimmel got some access. Right. Our, our guy, Lance Pugmire at the athletic had to go to the gym in Norwalk and basically bar like like kick the door down to get Manny Robles to, to throw some quotes at him. But they, they did not have a wide open camp. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. But how then is Dank City a cannabis lifestyle content site with 40,000 followers on YouTube That's a great getting all this time with Andrew Ruiz? I, it's it's an interesting question. I don't know. I mean, my guess is they probably promised a lot of weed to some friend of Andy's. Um, but I mean, they probably paid for it, number one. So there's that. But but um, it's interesting I, because those videos are weird and kind of boring and they tell you a little bit. But it's just like I don't want to hear anybody being like, well, all I see is Andy Ruiz spending the money. Dude, people can back off on that. Kriegel went off on that the other night on the ESPN broadcast. Like these guys like. Ruiz has been a heavyweight prospect for a while and a contender-ish. And look, you never know if you're going to get to that level and make those paydays and make that money player. If you- and also the other the other good thing is because of the rematch, and Andy Ruiz actually does know that he's making yes. more money later this week. So even, I mean, it's so not necessarily... It. Your so- financial advisor might not tell you to do this, but... You, it's not crazy to say, I just got, somebody paid me $7 million in June. I'm going to spend every last dollar. <laughs> I'm going to live all my dreams in right December. Now. I'm making 12. Yeah. And that's fine. But, um, he, you know, he ain't, he ain't getting thin in these videos. That's for sure. That's a, a so he looked, he looked thinner a month ago yes. when they put the weird pictures out of him than he did. And he may uh, be better, Rafe, with the, the weight on him. And that's a whole other debate, too. It may just be better for him that he's more comfortable that way. And that's right. fine. Um, I'm, I'm really happy for Andy Ruiz. He's played this, this part so well. 
I just think the, the, the betting odds man got it right. I think it's the kind of perfect bait to throw out there. I get this guy as an underdog. He just knocked this guy out, man. Look like a fool. I got more dank city questions for you, Brian. Yeah, all right, yeah. slow your roll. Okay, all okay, right. Bring it. But what yeah, do I'm you just... think? What are you concerned at all? About Andrew Ruiz going, having a farewell dinner at the Downey Pizza Company, going ham on a plate of chicken Alfredo, a, a getting picking up wings, well, a slice of pastrami it. pizza, a, a, a Coke, not even a diet liquid crack. He's drinking the real liquid <laughs> crack out of a can, Brian. I love this that is- he explained it away. So he steals a slice of like loaded pizza and he's like, oh, man, hope my trainer isn't watching. But he explained it away of like, well, I ordered the the fettuccine because I need to carb load, but I'm not supposed to be in this pizza. What's like, dude, everything on that table is carbs. Hey, okay, everything on that table is really bad for you. It's nice that you're eating pasta and you think that's but just eat the damn you're eating chicken. Like, dude, yeah, he's uh, maybe that was uh, maybe they're setting us up. Maybe it's been a tighter camp, and that is sort of a is hey, the setup that is this like a Stevie Watson? Is this the hypnotist? I don't think it is, but you know, there's always the potential that he's eating great beyond that, and that's him and his boys doing a send off, and they got the cameras there. I doubt it, Rafe. I think he's just enjoying his life. Fat fellas can fight. He's comfortable as a fat fella. I don't think he's winning the rematch, and that's the bottom line. Unless again, it's heavyweight boxing. He catches AJ with a with a with a you know a clicker. He puts him on 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 Q Street, Rafe. All right. So here's my question to you. Rob McCracken, the trainer of AJ, was was under question, you know, under under fire coming in about, you know, should should AJ change trainers? He stayed loyal. What's the game plan? What's the strategy? What are you doing here? You got the size advantage. You're going to make this boring? Is this going to be the Parker fight all over again? What do you do to win this rematch? Because it's really I don't think you have to worry about looking bad. You got to win, bro. You got to get them belts back because I don't want to put extra pressure on you, AJ. And I know that technically you're not a zone fighter. But the zone be hurting if if these three belts go to PBC, bro. Yeah, I mean, plus not just don't just do it for the zone, AJ. Do it for Usyk. Do it for Parker. Do it for Chisora. Do it for all the rest of the blokes who have signed to get a shot at any of these belts. If they if those belts go away. You're just they're 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 all screwed. They're all asked out. It's it's sad. Um, so do it for them. Do it for Alexander. Um, anyway, not Povetkin, Usyk. Uh, yeah, Brian, uh, how does he do it? I think I, one thing I think he should do is assuming that he believe he trusts his stamina, that the work he's done that he's put in the gym makes him feel strong, that he'll be able to move well throughout the fight. Won't tire out that bad. But even if he look, even if he, he thinks that he can be quick and move for eight rounds, I would use those rounds because one thing we didn't see how and Andy Ruiz. Yeah, he looked strong through seven rounds, but that's a lot of that is because he was winning. Right. And he was having success and you get you 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 feel stronger when that's happening. Um, If AJ is a little defensive, moves a bit, let's uh, it makes Ruiz work to get to him a bit. How does Ruiz's stamina hold up? You know, we we will he tire out? If he isn't landing, does he get discouraged? If he does, there's I, I let see if see if you can bait Ruiz into making a mistake, um, getting a little bit over uh, uh you know over anxious over 
uh, over aggressive because he's trying to force something. Um, see if you can tire him out a little bit because yeah, AJ's stamina isn't great. I wouldn't necessarily bet the house on Andy Ruiz's stamina either, right? Somebody they, they might not even shoot loads. They might, the loads just might be low in this fight. Oh, um, um, if but I, what I don't want to see though. Is AJ be watching some tapes on how Vlad came back from the same problem? I don't want to see one punch hold lean, one punch hold lean. And is it ironic? Do you think that works against well, Andy Ruiz? Hold because... on one second, Rafe. I want to ask you whether it's ironic, don't you think, or maybe coincidental, that the same ref who ruined the damn klitschko Povietkin fight, Luis Pabon, by letting Vlad punch and hold and lean, punch and hold and lean ad nauseum is the same ref we're getting on Saturday. Well, look, um, I guess that is ironic, but this is the garbage you get when you go have a fight in Saudi Arabia. You Fine, get that money player, right? Get that blood money, get that oil money. All right. Take a nice shower in the blood of some, you know, of some 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 journalists and some oppressed women. Have have a blast out there, everyone. I'm glad you're all going to get rich. Nobody can stop anyone from getting rich. That's all that matters in the world. But the great Eddie Hearns. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's what you this is what happens when you go to a place that doesn't have a boxing commission that where you're just going to have to let one of the sanctioning bodies put their goons in. AKA Louis Pabon. He we've seen him. He's never good in a fight. No, he he always does these random international uh European we need a guy <laughs> who we've seen before <laughs> fights. It's him a lot of the time. He's never ever that good. All right? So you are you are playing with fire. And I do think that's a that that's going like I I, I kind of think that Andy Ruiz might have been better off going to the UK cuz at least then you know how you how is how the job is coming at you this job could come at you in a million different ways um and yeah it's a little bit and, and i'm not isn't isn't your i'm sure you got to stand up for your connecticut man isn't that your guy glenn feldman you're damn right that's my guy what do you got against glenn feldman well he's one of the judges for this fight so i expect a fantastic scorecard for him what has he ever done rafe he had thurman beating pacquiao he had ssr beating chocolatito okay I just want to mess with you because I know I know that you, I, look, back, yeah. I know that this part of this Connecticut Illuminati, you were probably drinking with him the night before Thanksgiving, talking about putting the fix in for this fight. I know what goes on in uh, Connecticut. How dare you, Rafe? I want to. Um, what do we do about this drug testing? Nobody wants to what, talk about it. What did you? What have you read? I didn't even. I, I don't think I I'm even up read, on I can't everything find yet. Anything? Nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, what did you say? Nobody wants to talk about it from what I've seen. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. What what kind of drug testing are we doing? We've been doing doping I, from the I beginning. I thought I read that there was testing since September 1st. I, that's what I read. By who? Against who? Against who? Against, I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I, look, I'd have to look it up. I don't want to say. Um, I don't want to talk about this, Brian. <laughs> I know. I got, I mean, look, it, it's, it, it's easy to just say I don't want to talk about it. It's also easy to go the other extreme and go, well, is this because AJ never fought in the U.S. before and then he fought in the U.S. with tighter drug testing and now they're going outside of it? I mean, I'm not saying that. It's it's just... <laughs> It certainly helps that they have a stacked card with Alexander Povetkin, Dillian White, and Marius Wack all uh, performing on the same Waka, night. Waka, Waka, the pharmacists Waka. are in. Wow. Guys like this run red lights. Right there, up on your face to throw in combinations. Yeah, 
Wow. Yeah, somebody's going to be smelling musk, and it might smell like chemicals. All right. Dillian White on the undercard. We're going to get into Do You Care and all that to close the show, of course. But uh, it's really bad for DeZone and Joshua if Ruiz wins because they're running right back to PBC where, where Ruiz is a fighter there. And obviously this Wilder Fury rematch, uh, if Wilder wins, you'd have to believe – You'd have to believe they want to get the four belts, one face, one name, one champion. But if Eje wins, are we doing Pulev next? Are we doing Usyk? Are we doing Dillian White in a rematch? What's sort of out there? I mean, there's a lot out there if he wins. But I can I can I lay one? Can I get a little conspiracy minded on you here, Brian? Or just a little? I don't know if it's conspiracy, but just a little bit out there. Do you think? So one of the one of the questions I have about all the the business side behind all this, right? We we talked about last week how the t- the timing of the Wild Fury the Wilder Fury two rematch announcement way back in May, the night before uh, AJ Ruiz, probably meant that it was ESPN and PBC and Fox and PBC trying to box out uh, trying to box out zone. And and their big fight plans for the future, right? They're trying to trying to keep that out. Now, Ruiz wins. That was a nice two-hour pause. Ruiz wins. He now three belt. Now all the belts are on the PBC side. He has to do a rematch. Okay. Do you think that maybe because Wilder Fury two is pushing through on schedule, that means they don't believe in Andy? They don't think Andy's coming back with those belts because if they thought Andy was coming back with those belts, yeah, they don't believe. In why Andy wouldn't right? they tell? <laughs> of course, they don't believe in Andy. Big John they... Fury to go to hell. No, they don't believe in Andy. No, they don't. They it's don't. Straight up, they don't believe in Andy. No, I mean they'd love if he won. They just like, hey, we'll send him over there for for a payday, but we we think he's going to be a lamb for AJ and we don't want Ortiz to be that lamb for him. So I think it was a bonus, obviously that he wins. I mean, now this time, do you think they still don't believe in Andy? No, I still think they don't. I, th- I mean, more, they believe in him more. Yes. Do they believe he's going to come out of there? No. I think if you're on the side of Ruiz, you have, they're to not be... counting on Andy bringing those belts back. Cause if they were, we'd be talking about Wilder yes. Ruiz, right? You also wonder like the whole thing we said last week, like you just teased if this was all, box out AJ and not knowing he was going to get upset. Maybe they still would box out AJ if he wins. Maybe we end up seeing a trilogy. Maybe we see back-to-back Fury Wilder fight. Isn't there some talk about a two-fight deal? I'm not really sure. There's been rumors, at least, that it's actually signed for, I mean, and and Fury has talked about, I'll fight, uh, you know, I'll beat Wilder and I'll beat him again and then I'm going to go fight MMA and WWE and AEW and all the other great I think the bigger argument would be is if Ruiz wins it again, can they break the Fury Wilder contract by paying, you know, Bob and Fury enough to stand back and then get all four belts? And and maybe if you're maybe if you're Fury and ESPN, you'd say yes. Maybe you'd take the money and then say, especially after seeing whatever happened in that last pay per view. Because if you if you're paying both of these guys twenty forty million dollar guarantees and then you end up not getting the two mil buys you're like eh, maybe or, maybe you can have that ruiz fight like you know fury's like well i gotta go back in there hell against wilder again with that killing power i want to get all four belts and the lineal crown on the line you know so it, it's all interesting but no i don't think they believe that ruiz is gonna win because look if you're on team ruiz and this goes the distance rafe who's winning 
Oh, definitely AJ. Yeah, okay. All right. that, you know, Ruiz ain't winning any. I mean, he will need several knockdowns to get a decision if this goes the distance. Thank you, Rafe. Thank you. Many uh, knockdowns. Thank you, man. At least some people got the score right. All right. All yeah. right. And again, they agreed to go do this in, in Saudi Arabia and let God knows what happened out there. Like, I would, I, I hope they're checking his food out there. And I, don't let Andy go sneak any snacks in the hotel because I would, I, any kind of foul play is, 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 is in play out here. Big, big steak. I, I'd watch, I'd watch that, that, that cow. Uh, Rafe, we are going to. Black pill, the man in the black hat is coming. The man in the, oh man, I was about to say something really bad. Yeah, don't say anything that I'll have to edit out later. Um, we're gonna we're gonna listen to uh, Jamal Charlo chat right now. He's gonna be back this Saturday on Showtime, Barclays Center. Dennis Hogan in front of him, the WBC middleweight title at stake. It's Lions only time. It's Jamal Charlo. Enjoy. Fired up as always to talk to one of the brightest growing stars in the sport of boxing, Jamal Charlo who defends his WBC middleweight title on Saturday, Showtime, Dennis Hogan, and Jamal, a return to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn for the fourth time in five fights. Is Houston in the rear view? Are you a BK guy now? What's going on here, man? Man, I love it out in Brooklyn. You know, uh, the love is mutual. They love me. So I love them back. Um, I can't wait to get to Brooklyn um, tomorrow, actually, and, and, and and set my 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 flag in the in the in the dirt. <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> we're all fired up for this fight. I want to get to that in a minute. But uh, you know, boxing politics and the belts and all that. And when Canelo Alvarez was bumped up to, I guess, franchise champion by the WBC, it put the full title around your waist. When you see fans, media guys get all up in arms about that, what's your reaction as a fighter? Um, I just tell him keep calm and let the champ do his job, you know. Um, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing I can do about those, uh, those fans that don't really understand. And, you know, it's just one of those things like, you know, hey, it's Jamal Charlotte. You don't think I deserve to be the champ? If you don't, then don't, don't, don't watch me fight. Don't go for me. Don't vouch for me. Um. I'm okay with 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 critics and and uh and politics also. It's it's part of the game. I didn't tell the WBC to make to make uh, me the champion, and I would have fought Canelo for the belt, obviously, right? Well, that's the other side of it. The other side of the criticism is people saying, "Well, this gives Canelo a chance to not have to fight Jamal, which is one of those fights at 160 that that is almost like a dream." Right. So you know, it is what it is. All right. Well, you... um, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything about it. You know, I just got to keep, keep working. You know, uh, um, I just got to keep working, man. One day I, I'll get that fight if, if that fight is meant to be. You know, it'll be, it'll be a, a star stellar blockbuster night for for me and my family. And um, you know, I'm prepared to fight anyone who steps in the ring with me. Well, you've you've stayed busy. You had a really good win over Brandon Adams earlier this year. It went to the scorecards, but it was a fight that you dominated. Now you got Dennis Hogan moving up in weight. We all saw that controversial 154 title bout he had against Jaime Munguia, where you really could have given him a shot at winning it on the cards. What should we expect when he moves up to 160 against you on Saturday? It's a different ballgame. It's a different story, you know. Um... 
I'm I'm feeling out at 160. I feel very, very, very strong. This camp has been awesome, man. Uh, I started working and and, and maintaining a different uh, regiment this fight. I feel stronger. I feel like uh, this fight is is much needed to to showcase my talent. Um, I have a guy who's who has a, a natural born uh, come forward, you know, Australian style. Um, there's not a style that I haven't faced before. So it's just one of those things that, look, man, I'm prepared for everything that Dennis Hogan has to bring. I know that I always say this, but I promise to deliver something very, very explosive. Dennis Hogan will, will remember this fight for the rest of his life. Um, this this is going to be a great night of boxing. Now you say he's going to remember it for the rest of his life. You're known for putting together highlight reels of one-punch knockouts that we remember about you, but it was to the scorecards in your last two bouts. Does that put extra motivation on you to score a knockout as opposed to a decision win this time around? No, I love I love to get in there and box around and uh, give the fans uh, 12 rounds and let them see that, you know, I can go 12 rounds. This is what champions made for you know, uh, get down and dirty, and I, you know, I love, I love to to, to go to work. Like uh, the the guys who survived my fight, um, you know, I'm a knockout artist, and that's what I do. But the ones who did survive, they they had a game plan to survive, and they executed their game plan well. My game plan was to win the fight, regardless of a knockout or not. I'm a natural born knockout artist, but hey, sometimes you don't go, you know, you don't paint the perfect picture to, you know, get the job done. And and but it, but it doesn't slow my my pace down. It doesn't, you know, I, I, it's just a plus for me. If, if you get the knockout or you don't. Um, Dennis Hogan's style is, is is perfect for for someone like mine, you know. He's going to make it a tough fight. I love the fight inside. I'm a natural born inside fighter, you know. Uh, he has similar to like a hardcore uh, fighting style. He's been talking a lot of mess. He's, he's picture perfect for Jamar Charlotte. So we would get a chance to see if uh if he can if he can hold everything that he says. Now, training camp has been a big one for you with the birth of your baby girl, and I want to congratulate you on that and, and really ask uh Thank how you. that changed things for you in terms of motivation, your mindset when you see that that beautiful miracle uh break out ahead of this big opportunity. I'm getting down and dirty, I'm fighting for it. That's something I can't wait to do. Um, you know, I I, I got to let her see that, you know, this is what dad does. I know she don't know right now, but it gives me a lot of motivation to just, you know, I'm fighting for my family, my legacy, and everything that I have, you know, to hold. So, man, this is going to be a heck of a night. I'm so motivated, motivated by the daughter, motivated just by how, how life has been for me. Do you get frustrated at all when people say, hey, man, all the middleweights are at the zone. Jamal's on an island at the moment. How do you respond to that? For sure. You know, I'm a, I'm the middleweight champion of the world. I'm just here to defend my title. I'm just here to, to collect more titles. I'm here to keep boxing. Uh, you know, like, like we're not going to let a network stop us from, from not working. This is what we do. Everyone in the world wants to see what I do, and I get a chance to showcase it on the 7th. So that's just something that, you know, that that that, that I'm made to do. I'm not worried about a network or, or anyone else, you know, coming in between any of that. Now, look, this co-main event on Saturday night in Brooklyn on Showtime, 
is in your division. There'll be an interim WBA title at stake when Chris Eubank Jr. takes on your former opponent and Matt Korobov. The two of you had a very close boxing match last December. Who do you like in this one? I don't one. care about the fight. Eubank been talking a lot of mess. Hopefully he gets the job done. Um, um, he's not. He's not. Uh, nothing that. He's, he's nothing I have to focus on or worry about. I'm, I'm, look, like I said, I've, I've had Korobov, tough fighter. Uh, a lot of things when, when I wish I could fight him again, and I'll show the world that, you know, a total different uh, Jamal Shalo. But, you know, my head wasn't with me watching my brother lose and, and no excuse. You know, I wanted to get him out of there. I almost got him out of there in the, in the last round. Tough guy, willing to get in there and fight. You know, he's real clever. Um Eubank is just a, 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 a he's just a talker. He talks a big game, but but when he get in there and he and he get hit, he don't he don't respond the same. So a lot of people know that about him. I mean, he has to try to revamp his career and give himself, you know, that macho man status. But look, it's nothing to me. You know, I, I'm a fighter, man. I'm here to fight the best in the world. Eubank isn't even one of the best in the world. I got bigger goals, bigger sets. And, and things to worry about. So hopefully he can get up to my level one day. Would it be fair to guess by looking at Saturday's card that you could face the winner of that co-main event down the road? Dude, I'm here to fight the best in the world. If he's one of the best in the world, then I'll fight him. I'm not worried about uh, someone that's underneath me. He might stay underneath my undercard forever. Who knows? He might not even get past Matt Corbin. Fair points, fair points. I, but I'm sure the fans would love. I'm to here see. to fight the best in the world. You, you, I don't care when y'all let it see. When you ask questions like that, I know you letting the hype fool you, and I know you you listening to him more than you probably understanding yourself. The dude, the dude is not nothing what y'all think he is. Apparently, right? He moved up, and he he has to move down in weight to try to come get action. He moved from the UK. He could have went with the zone. You know, everybody over there in the UK with the zone, they didn't even want him. He came. He he begging Al for a shot. So he got to he got to watch his mouth, and he got and he and he and, he, and if he want to fight with the champ, he better be calm and and and, and be a, a, a natural born uh, fighter and a businessman at the same time, or he'll lose his opportunity. When you look at Eubank, do you see a lion? Yo, why you keep asking me questions about Eubank? Can you ask me something about Jamal Charlo? I love it, man. I love talking. I, look, sometimes yeah, I know, that's right now, our you job, Jamal. Shit that I don't want to talk about. You asking me about Eubank, and Eubank ain't even on the on the schedule. I'm here to fight Dennis Hogan. Eubank is just running his mouth, and I guess you feed into it. Oh, I was just interested because that would be a fight down He's not the even road interesting. That... He's not even on the schedule. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I res- I'll respect that as he the champ. Eubank he... got losses, bro. He know how to lose already. He's We're talking about get... Dennis Hogan. Somebody else with a, a loss that y'all think he did good and we that. Let's talk about Jamal Charlo. I, I love some Jamal Charlo. You better believe that on this side of the microphone, Jamal. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, about your brother. We love his work at 154 pounds. He's got that big rematch against Tony Harrison December 21st on Fox. Uh, how is this camp different for your brother compared to that one? How excited are you for that fight? I'm focused on Jamal Shalo right now. My brother's going to take care of his business with Tony Harrison. Um, I can't wait to, to fight and then get a chance to tune in to his fight. 
All right, then as we get ready for Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, Barclays Center, when you get in there against Dennis Hogan, we know about Lions only. We know about your ability to box and punch. What is this fight going to look like on Saturday? It's going to be a fight that say, F- you and you uh, Eubank and F- everybody else that's doubting Jamal Charlotte. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put my life on the line. I hope you tune in. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there fired up, Jamal. Great chatting with you, brother. Love the passion and the intensity. We're not here to talk about Eubank. We're talking Charlo, brother. Best of luck on Saturday. All right. Special thanks to the hitman, Jamal Charlo Rafe. I want to start right here on your care level. It goes down Saturday. Great, great interview, Mike. I loved it. I mean, you really get those guys. Rafe, are you a lion or you're a snake? I mean, really. You know I'm me. a snake, man. I'm a snake for everybody, yo. I, uh, I, 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 I'm just too self-righteous, man. I can't, I can't let anything go on. I gotta, I gotta be a smart ass all the time. I'm a snake. All right, let's I'm talk about Oprah. this fight. We just heard Jamal, Jamal break it down. I do that constantly, by the way. Call them the wrong name. I know I'm not the only one. It's Jamal's 160 title WBC against Dennis Hogan, who's moving up. We know he's got Glenn Rushton in his corner. So there's the, the rhythm method will be on display. Rafe, tell me about Dennis Hogan. We know he went kind of controversial at 154 against Jaime Munguia. First, my first observation about Dennis Hogan has always been his eyes are very close together. Okay. Well, hey, hey, uh, how much of a challenge, given that we've seen Jamal Charlo have an unexpectedly close boxing match with Korobov a year ago, then come back and really just demolish en route to a unanimous decision against former contender champion, uh, what's the guy's name? You know, Sergio Mora? No, the, the, the Brandon Adams. Um, Anthony Bonsanto. Obviously, on the PBC side, there's not the same names that there is at, at middleweight on the DAZN side. How good is Dennis Hogan? Very hard to say, right? We he looked he looked he had a great game plan and fought a heck of a fight against Jaime Munguia, and great. But what does that mean? Munguia has not looked good really against anybody since Beefy Smith. He looked pretty good in that fight, but it was a good style for him. Allowed him to get off. Um, it's hard. I don't. I look Hogan. And shout out to our friends, Eric Raskin, Kieran Mulvaney. They had, again, and it sounds like they're going to make him a regular guest, um, Stephen Breadman Edwards on. And he said, he's, he basically said it like, Hogan has no way to win this fight. He ain't, we, we, we can agree he's not winning a decision. And he's smaller, not as explosive, and could probably get knocked out by Jamal Charlo. Interesting. Shout out to Breadman, by the way, on the Showtime pod with our brethren saying that J-Rock has already signed to face the winner of Jermail Charlo, Tony Harrison 2, which takes place December 21st. Um, It's going to be a tough battle for Hogan, but at the same time, he's awkward and Glenn Rushton fighters have weird pressure. And they, they I think that Rushton you- does a good job of developing game plans for them. He, they clearly came in looking to exploit Munguia's kind of inexperience, his, his, his unrefined boxing ability, and they did a very good job of it, you know, um, made him miss, countered him well, did, you know, nice, it was just, it was a really strong performance, so that part makes me think, all right, Hogan will give a, can give a good account of himself, but I just think he's, a, he, it's, it's, it's asking too much in this fight, um, and he hasn't, he's not a, 
He doesn't. He's not a knockout puncher. He doesn't. He's not. He, he's not getting. He wasn't getting guys out of there at the lower weight. So against Jamal Charlo, it's very hard to see, man. And I guess the one, the 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 sliver of of light I see on the Dennis Hogan side is that Jamal Charlo in recent fights has. You could say that it seems like he's fallen. He 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 has fallen in love with his power a little bit. Looks for those flashy knockouts. Doesn't always use his jab, and and basically, you know, was allowed Matt Korobov to outbox him for for long stretches of that fight and have a strong case for winning. Could Dennis Hogan pull off quite the same thing? I don't think he is quite at the level uh, that that Korobov is at. But no, he can't box on that level. He's small too. That's going to be a problem here. So. You're going to have Jamal let his hands go. If Hogan can prove awkward and tough enough to take or avoid that power and make it a fight, I still am not convinced he's the boxer that some of these guys who have given both Charlo brothers sustained trouble for long periods of time have been able to do with Tony Harrison or Matt Korobov. It's going to be interesting. I think in the end, this is Charlo's fight to win. But I think that this fight, Rafe, is more about what could be next for Charlo. And we're not hiding anything. Jamal Charlo, to a degree, is on the middleweight island at PBC when everybody's at DAZN who has a name or sort of matters. But this co-main event is pretty damn interesting. Yeah, WBA vacant interim middleweight title on the line. So you can always say what you will when we're talking about the damn interim belt. Fighting for the uh, interim this Friday, right? Who gives a shit about interim? (laughs) This is a really good matchup when you consider Showtime now has Chris Eubank Jr. on this side of the street taking on the aforementioned Matt Korobov. Not only is that a good-ass fight, Rafe, because Eubank seems to be a little bit reborn and replenished from the guy who who, who Prince Hasim Nahmed told him he should finish at some point. He can bang. Korbov can box. Not only am I looking forward to being there on Saturday in Brooklyn to see this fight, but the idea of the winner coming out of there, if Korbov can beat Eubank, that's maybe the biggest win of his career. And I'd want to see that Charlo rematch again. If he comes out on top, just the same. You want to talk about making the sexiest matchup possible on the PBC side for Charlo. That might be Chris Eubank Jr. That would be a, that would be sexy. Shoot. Do you got... Dervianchenko is a is a is a sexy ass PBC well, fighter. Is he a Dazon guy? No, he's 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 for whatever reason he's 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 a he's an Al Heyman fighter. Oh, he's managed yes. by Al, also managed by the great Kevin Connolly. I loved his work in Entourage and that show with the puppet and the girl with the red hair and the yeah the, the fake married with children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Keith Connolly. No, no, no. There's another show. Anyway, no Keith Connolly, the Twitter journalist yeah, who no, makes money. Plague. Married with Children. It wasn't called that, but it was like the their answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait was in it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I did the freaking Bobcat Goldthwait. How about that guy? Um. Anyway, Brian. Uh. Yeah, Dervinchenko is a Heyman fighter, so presumably that's out there for Charlo. I prefer that, but the winner of Korobov and Eubank also very good. If I'm Jamal Charlo, though. I'm th- I'm calling Canelo out left and right. You're saying, come get your belt back. I yes. want that real belt. I want that real BC well, belt. Would, I don't care. I'll, I'll fight you that, at 168. Though. I'm bigger than you anyway. Okay, Rafe, I'm more. But what? I'm going to cut you off on your rant and say, you think Al's <laughs> going to let Jamal Charlo, a guy who the Charlo. Look, if you're going to. Okay. If you're going to rank Al's uh, the goat, Al Heyman, the goat's most important brands on PBC. 
I think it's Wilder one, Spence two, Pacquiao right there, Gervonta right there, and then maybe the Charlos, right? I mean, There's he no loves love him. for Andy Ruiz Jr. He the, loves the, the him unified Charlo. heavyweight champion. I don't of the think world, he's going to sell him out even for Canelo money if you, if they can't do a joint type deal. Wow, I don't know. You you let if if Canelo wants to fight. Anyone, I think that fight gets made. Yeah, if Canelo, if, if Canelo Bingo comes up in your favor, and he decides he is born ready to fight you, you that fight gets made. You really don't believe that? No, we, we're running. We're running long on time. We got it. We got to sped up. Put our okay. foot on the fl- pedal here. Um, DeGale, I'm sorry, Eubank looked really good in outpointing J- a wash James DeGale in February, but looked great. But the thing was, that was at 68. Do you have any fear in him coming down back down to 60 against Korobov? He says he's always been natural at middleweight. I kind of believe that. He didn't look huge at 168. I don't think the weight's a problem. I'm more concerned that this there's a little bit of a recipe for a, another Groves situation where you've got a guy who's just more schooled than, than Eubank, and that could be the problem. Now, the scorecards, if it's a close fight, may still favor Chris Eubank Jr. because uh, there may be more investment there. Right. Uh, to open that card, another title fight, the vacant IBF interim junior featherweight title on the line when Marlon Topolis, Topolis, Marlon Topolis, yes. Topolis takes on Rice K. Iwasa. You in front of this fight? It's going to kick off the Showtime card. And by the way, yeah, your boy BC going to be on that undercard stream. OK, probably going to be on the way in stream. So check me out this. What week. are the undercard fights? What fights are you calling on that stream? Uh, we got do you know yet. Uh, I do. Uh <laughs> I think it's Emmanuel Aleem against Ronald Ellis. You know that middleweight, Emmanuel Aleem. Who did he just fight? Somebody. I got to do a little bit more research on there, obviously. But uh, yeah, you got a, little, a few too many Yusef Mac tabs open, Chief. Wow. <laughs> um, Emmanuel Aleem can fight, Rafe. He's eighteen and one with two draws. I'm trying to think. That's the guy that beat Kirchhoff. I'm really trying to get my internet to load, but uh, I got I got a load watch. Doghouse man, it eats All up right, a lot that's of. That's the guy who fought Korobov to a draw in May of this year, right? Okay, yeah, he I he mean, knocked out Kiyotrov. He got knocked out by Hugo Centeno Jr. He's an interesting fighter. He's going to be on that undercard there, Rafe against Ronald Ellis. Got like the long braids. I think so. Uh, do he ain't, yeah, I'm Brian. I care about you, but I don't care about that fight. All right, there's a title fight on that deep on that undercard, Ray, for the vacant WBC women's interim strawweight title when Louisa Houghton takes on Lorraine Villalobos. Who you got, Rafe? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, uh, Rafe. Let's find out if you care. Uh, rapid style. Are you ready? You ready to run through this? Yes, 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 yes. All right. Yes. It starts, Rafe. Thursday night, Costa Mesa, California. DAZN and RingTV.com coming together for this Golden Boy card. Main event, Eves, Ulysses Jr., and Ismael Barroso, 12 rounds, junior welterweights. I care. That's fun. Deep on that undercard, Jason Quigley back in an eight-rounder against Abraham Cordero. Super middleweights moving up to 68. Did Quigley's been solved, right? Is this experiment over? Yeah, it was over before it began, Brian. I don't care. I care. They, there's a there's a, a heavyweight. The guy who knocked AJ out in the amateurs is on that card. I'm down for that. Joey DeWedgeco? Who are you talking about? I don't. Some he's like Belarusian or something. I don't know. Remember when Jason Quigley was a thing, Rafe? What happened? Uh, my, never I, a thing in never a thing in my household. <laughs> my Wi-Fi just nah nah my my Wi-Fi. <laughs> Just not helping me here. Just not letting it happen. Uh, also on Thursday, UFC Fight Pass New York. Rafe sounds like a 
Lou DiBella deal, main event, Oshaki Foster, Alberto Mercado, 10 rounds, junior lightweights. I don't care. All right, title fight in that co-main event, 10 rounds for the vacant IBF women's junior welterweight title. It's Anna Laura Esteche versus Mary McGee. Yo, I don't care. <laughs> Willie McGee? I care about Willie McGee. <laughs> hey, the, he was the 1985 National League MVP, right? He was so skinny. Yeah. All right. Uh, quickly, sixteen and one with twelve KOs, Rafe. It was Toriano Johnson who took his soul. Remember? You still trying to make me care about Quigley, man? I, I care about the movie Quigley Down Under. <laughs> All right. Uh, Friday, Rafe. No TV in the U.S., but in Sydney, Australia, we got to get Alex McClintock on the bullpen for this. Tim Zhu is back. Ten rounds, junior middleweights against Jack Brubaker. Sure, I care. You're gonna watch Trent Broadhurst in the co-main. A oh, he a great performance against uh, Bivol that one. The, the only guy who ever made us believe Bivol was a puncher. All right, Rafe, Saturday, Puebla, Mexico. It's on ESPN+. Plus. I'm sure Evan Korn will be woke for this. It's a title fight in the main event. Emmanuel Navarrete, the man who twice took the pride of Ghana's soul, will defend his WBO junior feather against Francisco Horta. Uh, look, the, I, I'm all, I'm always in on Vaquero. He's a fun fighter. He's, 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 I think he's the man at 122. Co-main event, Jerwin Ancaejas will take, will defend his IBF junior Bantam against Miguel Gonzalez. Is, is he, uh, Pinoy, Jerwin? Oh, hell yes, Jerwin Ancaejas is, is Pinoy. He's got this awesome fight camp in Cavite outdoor, built the whole, the whole training facility outdoors, basically in the jungle. Um, very cool. Not a, Really terrible fight, but I still care because it's German. Who's the best non-Donaire or Manny Pinoy right now? Gotta say, it's either Ancajas, but you probably gotta give it to Casimero because of the role he's on right now. Do you see that weird video Top Rank tweeted out of uh, Nonito going into Frampton's locker room being like, hey, this is my friend Dave, and it was uh, Dave Bautista. Animal, Bautista. Uh, on this undercard, Miguel Mariaga, eight rounds featherweights against Alfredo Meja Vargas. You in? No, but I don't know, man. All right. All right. In the zone Saturday, of course, it's Ruiz Joshua 2, Saudi Arabia. The Coleman event, Alexander Povietkin against Michael Hunter. Awesome fight, man. I'm pumped for that one. All right. Dillian White, Marius Walk. Heck yeah. Makes me feel a little bit dirty, but I will be watching. <laughs> they had to find a, a like, where's a fight that we can take this where they won't stop us from doing this? Oh, okay, that one. Uh, Philip Ergovic versus Eric Molina. I, I kind of got to see these, Rafe. This is, I, I'm, I understand that why these fights are all taking place on this card, but I'm bummed. I wish an awesome, fun, heavyweight stacked card like this could happen in the States without all of the drug use. Uh, a fellow named Hopi Price will be on that undercard against. Have you seen that kid? No, no. I, I... He's a, they, they think he's won a bunch of amateur titles. He's he might be very good. I don't really know yet, but he's he looks hilarious. He looks he is the most clean cut, tall, white bread looking kid you will ever see. And his name is Hopi. <laughs> Great white Hopi Price. Oh my God. I'll fight David Price any day of the week. You see, you, former from Liverpool, it's personal between me and I'm going to do you some serious harm, you big stiff idiot. Okay, all right. Thanks, thanks, Tyson. We're live on Channel 5. All right, go on, one more. 
also, they're going to need 10 plumbers to do you when I've got finished with you. Hey, Tyson, we're live. Uh, Saturday, UFC Fight Pass. Rafe, get ready. Mashantucket, Connecticut. It's the aforementioned fight we already previewed. Peaver Manfredo Jr. from the Contender Season 1. Back Again? From, back from that long absence against Milton Nunez. 10 rounds light heavyweights. I thought this we, we previewed it when it was announced. We kind of talked about Wait, it. Wait, he fought? I swear to God, I saw a, a, a highlight of him knocking a guy out. Uh, called the the romantic redneck or something a couple weeks ago again? what is happening with your box rig chief if i had faster internet when when skype is on it's loading um uh i'm looking at his mug but the screen won't move right this is great moments in podcasting history hang with me hang with me um man did he already come back like a couple weeks ago yeah, this is oh my god, I swear to God, he this knocked happened. out Melvin Russell on November twenty third, and he's back two weeks later against Milton Nunez, who has a record of thirty seven twenty two and one. Rafe, wow, we are fast tracking this. All right, well, I hope that uh, I'm in. I'm in. Anything good? So we get in in the same month. Double, double Manfredo, double kebab on this. I'm in. Wow. Saturday, no TV, Montreal. I kind of care about this. The hand, most handsome man in boxing, David Lemieux, back in a 10-round super middleweight bout against Max Bursack, Rafe. Max Bursack is back. <laughs> Bursack's back. Who did he back lose again. Back yeah, I'm, I, I care. I really care about that Makhmadov gigantic heavyweight guy who they got on the undercard. Yeah, he, uh, Arslanbek Makhmadov will take on former heavyweight champion Sam Peter. Oh man, that's a that is a disgusting fight. I'm so in. <laughs> Rafe, do you love you some Max Balsack, the 35 year old Ukrainian? Uh, I'm I'm tell you, I'm, I love me more that Makhmadov. That's the guy he knocked somebody out like last year, and the the French Canadian announcer was like, "Ooh la 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 la." Uh, Max Balsack lost to uh, Gilberto Ramirez, Martin Murray of GH Um To close that Only out. Only one sack in my life, Brian, and that is the third sack. Rafe, do you know who else is on that Montreal undercard? Another former heavyweight champion. When Sergei Lyakovich takes on Simon Keane. Ten rounds. Oh, my God. That's so gross, Rafe. Get these guys to Saudi Arabia. Get these husks off my screen. Saturday, Ekaterinburg, Russia on UFC Fight Pass. It's a main event. Alexei Igorov versus Sergey Radchenko. Cruiserweights, Rafe. Ten rounds, Ian? No. No. All right. Um, yeah. Kiko Martinez in Spain on Saturday on the co-main event against Alexander Cazares. No? Yeah, man. I'm always on my man, Kiko. All right. That's it for is the he show. Still, is he still promoted by Maravilla? Probably. Uh, that's my champion forever. Uh, shout out to Jamal Charlo. Check him out on Saturday night on Showtime. Check out my piece of business Saturday. I'm not sure what time yet. Check your local listings. But the PBC face-to-face will debut on Fox. Harrison Charlo 2. And you will not want to miss this. Let me get that straight. So watch it live. Set your DVR. Check out the time for that. Uh, check me out this week on Showtime's YouTube channel streaming. The Way In, The Undercard. That's it. Rafe, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Brian, I'll be watching, and I cannot wait. All right. Two words for you, fella. We out.